0: And welcome to another episode of the Lucas Hyde podcast. It is the long cast. It is Wednesday. And I have a very special guest today. It is a friend of mine, Chris Cantwell. And he's someone I really look up to, as you'll hear. I kind of talk about that in the beginning. Um, He's 30. He's a teacher. And he's just one of those people that when you talk to him, you have a great time and he's he listens really well and you're able to bounce ideas off him. And again, he's like a mentor to me. You'll hear me say that in the beginning. Um, he's someone where I can go to tell him issues that I'm maybe having in my life and then or ideas that I have and I can bounce those ideas off him. And then he just gives me great feedback, and he's always willing to talk, and we have had some of the best discussions. So I had to have him on the podcast. I was really happy. I basically told him beforehand, I said, we've already recorded, like, probably, or not recorded, we've already had basically 10 hours of podcast episodes. We just never recorded them. We were just having discussions. So I was so glad I was able to get him on, kind of learn more about him. And today we talked about a little bit of his teaching, how he got into that. And there's a couple things I want to point out uh, for this first episode. At one point, we were talking about Tom Brady, but I can't find the article where I was talking about how um, he schedules out two years ahead of time. I can't find that article, so if that's not true, (laughs) bear with me on that. And then um, we talk a little bit about things that he likes about teaching, some mindfulness and intention with uh, your actions throughout the day. Um, It's super... This podcast was super therapeutic for me, just being able to go and talk to him and then have this whole discussion and go into a bunch of different um, rabbit holes and discuss those topics. And then kind of, again, like I said before, bounce those ideas off him, which I really liked. And then there was also the Grease the Groove and... I was talking to Chris about this because that's something he said he wanted to get into. And when we get to that point, the reason I put this in here is just so I can kind of correct myself a little bit because I was drawing off of memory some of the information. But, um, grease the groove. It takes 15 minutes of rest for creatine phosphate hypercompensation. So, basically, uh, you want to do half your max reps um, and then you can wait 15 minutes uh, and you'll get tired eventually. But if you want to improve something like pull-ups or push-ups, and that's just something that I was pulling from memory. So I wanted to just correct that real quick here in the intro. And then we talk about rugby. Uh, He tells me a little bit about the rules of rugby and the history of it and how he got into it because that was actually his first big sport that he started playing, which was crazy to me. I didn't even know that in the beginning. Um, We talk about BJJ, obviously, uh, because he is a purple belt at our gym. He's actually the First, white to purple belt under our professor, which is super cool, and he's really good. And he always just destroys me. And then we talk a little bit about pumping iron, and then we also talk about adversity in sport. So thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, it's going to be a three-parter. This uh, It was a three-hour podcast, so it's going to be a three-parter. And the cutoff times are going to be a little bit uneven because I had to find really good times to... Um, kind of split the conversation because there's just points where Chris and I are just bouncing ideas off or he's talking about one point I'm talking about another point and it was just so much fun Um, it was really hard to find times where um, I could cut the podcast and it would sound um, the conversation would would not suffer so the times will be a little bit uneven but it will be a three-parter episode because it's just so long and all right guys now that I've got the intro out of the way, and you already have heard me talk for like three minutes now, um, thank you so much for tuning in. And without further ado, here's me and my friend, Chris Cantwell. One. Hello, everybody, and welcome. We have a very special episode of the Lucas Hyde Podcast today. I have a very good friend of mine, someone I look up to immensely, and I also happens I met this person at the gym, uh, the jiu-jitsu gym, that is. And he is a teacher, English teacher, is that right? That is correct. Okay. And it is is Chris Cantwell. How you doing, Chris? How's it going?
1: I'm doing wonderful. Thank How you,
0: are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And the reason I wanted to have you on is not only because you're a teacher, um, you're one of my, you're definitely one of my best friends at this point, especially at the gym. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> so the reason that is, is because you kind of took me aside and we we connect on a lot of different levels and then we also have our weekly board game nights we do which i have to say is i when that was when that fell off for like a month or so there i was sad
1: you feel like you're missing something in your week yeah
0: yeah for sure because the thing that you do super well that is incredible for me because i like to talk a lot <laughs> you listen to extremely well to like my issues and then you bounce ideas off me super well and that's something that I really enjoy having our discussions. And I was like, man, you have to come on the podcast. There's no way I'm going to make a podcast episode without having you on. Well,
1: listening as a skill is something that I actually mindfully work on mm-hmm. um, as a teacher. It's important. But I think in general, um, to build meaningful relationships and be able to add value to other people's lives, you have to like listen to them and mm-hmm. try to as objectively as possible hear what they're saying read between the lines at some point. But yeah, I, it's funny you say that because I don't talk about that a lot, but I try to, I specifically try to mindfully listen and
0: well, be, that's be something, a good listener. No, thank you. And that's something that I definitely learned from you um, more like, because again, I'm used to talking so much. And I think that's something that the podcast has also helped me with is just listening and learning more from what people have to say. And you're, how old are you now? 30. So I'm you're old. 30. <laughs> yeah. And you have a lot more life experience than I do. And, it, you definitely are a mentor for me in a lot of different ways, especially when, like not so professor is super, um, as an example, because he's your professor too. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a mentor in life as well as jujitsu. And you've really helped me out a lot with a lot of my life stuff. Cause I, I'll go to you directly. Well, that is very flattering. It's yeah. a little
1: bit uncomfortable, but it's, it's such, you uh, I, I, know I appreciate how I am, that. Well, and also I do want to say, since it is an appropriate moment, you're somebody I look up to also also mm-hmm. because um, I think we, we do have a lot of similarities in thought, but we kind of have pulled different results from yeah. our, our thoughts. Like you you go for optimal and mm-hmm. I try to use – I get like get really serious into research and try to find the laziest way to do things. Yeah. So you're looking to live in the 99th percentile, and I'm just looking to be pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's – I mean, that's – you listen to podcasts also. Mm-hmm. You, like, we have so many different um, connecting ideas. But like you said, I, you're definitely – you'll look for the easiest option and figure out a way to kind of parse it down yeah. so you don't have to do as much work. That's exactly right. I'll like, (laughs) sometimes I go a little bit overboard for sure. But I definitely, that was something that, like what are your, I want to know what are your favorite podcasts to listen to first off? Because we listen to a lot of the similar one a lot of similar ones. But I kind of, I don't usually talk to people about different podcasts in general. And that's something that I find just interesting because I want to, it kind of lets you, see what those people are interested in. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I've actually been listening to podcasts for a long, long time. When I was in high school, I was a lifeguard and back when they had the iPad classic, you had to actually like plug it into the computer to download it. Um, I started listening. It was probably 2004, 2005. Um, and back then I listened to some comic book podcasts. Um, a lot of the stuff you should know, uh, Podcasts, they have uh, st- stuff you missed in history class, stuff mm-hmm. you should know. Um, there's a couple of them I listen to. I actually don't listen to any of them anymore. The biggest one um, that I think everybody that we probably mutually know that yeah. listens to podcasts, listen to is the Joe Rogan Show. Yeah. Uh, I think that because it covers such a wide range of topics mm-hmm. and because what he does on his shows, the interviews are. They were at least a rare thing. Like you never got a three-hour deep dive where you really picked apart somebody um, okay. and really picked their brain. And that's kind of what drew me to him and mm-hmm. listening to him because you were listening to people with various backgrounds um, and there is no place for them to hide if they if there, if there was anything that wasn't completely authentic about them. Um, and that's another part of his whole shtick that's so – Impressive, and I think draws a lot of guys to like be his fans. He's a thousand percent authentic, and yeah. he owns everything he does, even when he's looking back at something and he regrets <laughs> like yeah. having said it. Mm-hmm. Um, and authenticity is something that is not like it's not something that's super common, it's not something yeah. that our society necessarily values. A lot of what we're a lot of like what society tries to tell young people to do is act a certain way, be a certain way. Um, yeah. so the authenticity of shows like that, yeah, um. You listen. You listen to pretty much every episode of Rogan, don't you?
0: Not in every single episode, mm-hmm. and I've kind of I've kind of d- described this to you is that I'll listen to about ten minutes of every single podcast in the beginning, mm-hmm. whether it's Ben Greenfield, Tim Ferriss, Joe Rogan, and if I'm not interested, I don't listen to it, mm-hmm. and that's because I subscribe to so many different podcasts. I just want to have the time to focus on the ones that I'm most interested in. Okay, and they'll be. I'll go through like periods of time where I'll listen to Rogan for. I'll listen exclusively to Rogan and then I won't listen to him for like a month. So like right now I'm on a mind pump kick because those guys, they talk about how they've gotten like, it's incredible. They're at like 800 episodes and the most recent one, they've like 800 episodes in three years because they record five episodes a week. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I look up to where I, they just grind real hard and they, um, and then they put out quality content and then they continue to improve. It's called mind pump, mind pump. What do they, what's their stick? What do they do? Well, they are fitness guys that, um, and they, it's like a, they do current events in the beginning and it's a lot of like, they'll talk about interesting research or anything like that, but they're like a bunch of bros. So they like all hang out and they joke around, they pick on each other okay and it's pretty funny. And then at the end they'll do like a Q and a and they do like five episodes a week. And so right now I've listening pretty much only exclusively to them. And because, I can connect a lot with what they're saying with my podcast specifically, where I'm saying, oh, I'm seeing a little bit of growth. How can I continue to keep this going? Mm-hmm. And I showed you even that graph, which is something I knew you would appreciate is having mm-hmm. that no- those numbers where I've been doing this, let's say five months, I think. And I already have very distinct patterns, which is something. And then I have to continue to say, okay, so why did that drop off for a little bit? And then learn how to improve from there. So that's something that I'm really connecting with right now. Whereas Rogan, when... I listen to Rogan, it's usually because, um, I really like that authenticity is what you're saying is really be yourself, own up to yourself and just accept Mm -hmm. that you are who you are. And that's something I struggle with a little bit sometimes is that I'm always trying to prove myself. And then sometimes I kind of get down on myself. (laughs) So I kind of struggle with that a little bit, but, um, so I go through like phases, but otherwise like right now I'm listening pretty much to only mind pump. And then like with the fitness stuff, there's a lot of stuff where, it can almost get too much. You know what I mean? So if you're doing too many of a certain fitness thing, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I it did... gets saturated. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. it gets super saturated, especially, um, cause like you, we've talked about this before where podcasters will do circuits. So you'll hear a lot of the same podcasters on a lot of different things. And you're like, okay, I've heard enough about this diet. Um, I can take a little bit of a break from it and then learn more about it later. It's just whatever my interests are at that point. And then like, I can already tell you're listening a lot right now because mm-hmm. I'm already starting to go off. But, um, I want to know, uh, how did you, this, I just want to signpost this and touch on it really quick before we get, yeah. um, into anything else. Cause I want to have a, um, a little bit more of a background because we haven't really talked about certain things like this. Cause I've known you what over a year now mm-hmm. just, but, uh, we spent a lot of time together hanging out, but I've never really asked you like, how'd you get into teaching? Uh, how did that all occur? Let's start with that. I think that's a good place cause that's what you do. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. sure. So I,
1: I graduated high school in 2006, and I graduated college in 2010, and the the story they were telling everybody in 2006 was go to college and study something you're passionate about, yeah. and you'll find something that's going to make you a living. Well, that that narrative changed <laughs> in 2008. Yeah. Things got a lot harder by the time I graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was originally that just like a culture thing, or because of the, the no oh yeah well because of the, the economic.
0: Collapse. Oh, okay, oh yeah.
1: You're 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 young, so you don't yeah. remember this time. It was like doom and gloom for five or six years. It's not really as bad now. Mm-hmm. But it was a it was a, a big part of like everybody that graduated of two thousand eight, 9 10 11 12 because there was a bottleneck. There were all these yeah. these kids that were kind of sold a bill of goods mm-hmm. and were told that um if you just study something that you're mm-hmm. excited about, you will find some kind of job and that ended up not being as true as we were told it was. Yeah. Um, so I was so I was told specifically with teaching like like the worst thing you're going to get offered is uh like a catholic school job or something like that yeah which would have been fine because it's a job but you make about half as much money than you as you do oh. in a public school so why um, is that um that is a rabbit hole of a question about oh, that. It. <laughs> well oh. just because like teaching that's it's like a really deep question so if we, first of all, it comes down to unions. Is that we have yeah. we have unions that actually protect us in uh, public schools to make sure that we get a living wage, um, and in Catholic schools, I guess like they want you to just go there because you're like 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 part of your payment is like contribution to the faith oh, or something okay. like that. But private schools are really the same way. Mm-hmm. So if you in Pennsylvania, if you work at a Catholic school, you might be offered like a thirty thousand dollar a year job. Mm-hmm. I think the first one I was offered was twenty four thousand in, oh, wow. in uh and it was an upstate Delaware. And I it like with my loans, there was no way that was gonna work. Yeah. Um so yeah I, I mean public school has always been where i wanted to go, if if only because of that. Also because I believe in the the institute of yeah. public education, so everybody gets a fair and equitable education. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really I really just loved history, so I started studying history. And one of my um, advisors in college said, "Hey, maybe you should." do a student teaching thing too and he talked me into it actually because I wasn't interested and then it turned out I was pretty good at it um I thought I thought school was something I didn't have like the best experience in school I got a pretty good education but I didn't love it like a lot of people yeah where'd Um, you go west around Westchester um like Henderson and And where'd you go to college Cabrini Cabrini where's that up in, it's right near King of Prussia Mall in okay. Radnor. Oh yeah, I've heard of it. I've heard mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. It's, it's like this little college in the woods and it's known for teaching. And I kind of stumbled into that because yeah. I wasn't planning on being a teacher and I ended up at one of the areas, better teaching schools, which was cool and yeah. it worked out. Uh, but then I did my student teaching and I really liked it and I realized that teaching can be what you make it. And that, those, that like minority of really good teachers that had a huge impact on, on me, all the stuff that they did that had the impact, I could, really just do a lot of that instead yeah. of doing all the stuff that I hated um and did, didn't really help me and yeah, wasted know, a whole bunch of my time <laughs> yeah no so. i know
0: exactly what you mean like one like those teachers that you have they stick out for you you're like your entire life basically mm-hmm. so then yeah. i guess that's something so that is that what kind of drew you to it is that like i guess that click moment kind of because and having an influence on someone that they'll carry the rest. Of, Cause I still remember like my best teachers that I ever had, like in middle school. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not that long ago for me, but I'll always remember the best teachers I ever had. Yeah. You yeah. probably till the day you die. Yeah. There's always gonna be that couple that were important to you in your formative
1: years and help kind of mold your goals and who you wanted to be. Um, so yeah, I wanted to do that. Um, love of the content, love of working with kids. Um, I'm like a real true believer about, like I just said about like, like how everybody should get a, a great education so that they can do what they want in life because that's really not how our system is built right now. Uh, mm-hmm. If you if you don't go to a certain school district, you're really not getting the same quality of education as maybe the next district down the road is. And so I'm kind of in it for that. And I've worked in a whole bunch of different districts now yeah. with varying levels of income mm-hmm. and uh, racially diverse, culturally diverse. So I've seen a whole bunch
0: Uh, And it's been really rewarding. I love it. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's. I can already like. I can see that a lot in you too. You seem to enjoy it. Your professor touched on this too. Like even not necessarily in the. Um, the school academic sense, but you'll pull people aside. You'll break it down for mm-hmm. them and you're good at breaking it down. And you always seem to have a game plan and you plan things out. And that also ties into that whole podcasting thing
1: and how we and, are similar. Cause yeah, I'm going to share a fact about
0: Lucas that I learned within two weeks of
1: uh, meeting him. You have every workout of your life planned out for a year or something like that, or every minute of your life or
0: something <laughs> no. like that. So I have every single workout that I've done. I have written down I have or um, written down or recorded electronically somehow. Don't you? So didn't you tell me that you have like a plan for the future that goes out a crazy amount of time?
1: I thought we were talking oh, about Tom yeah. Brady so, and you were saying Tom up.
0: Brady. He has he plans. So there was an article actually, and this was like, I love reading about super successful people. And um, he has, there was an article about him where he plans two years out ahead of time. And he has a specific day of the week where he specifically schedules and adjusts that schedule. So he has like, I guess all his workouts, but then there's always that interesting fact is how do you roll with the punches then if you have everything scheduled out that far ahead of time. So for me, I have like a general idea of pretty much like, I know what I want to accomplish. I have like a basic set goal and then I have a general idea of what those workouts are going to look like and that might change week to week but I have a general idea of what phase I'm going to be in and then for a long period ahead of time just because I don't know I like having that my apologies
1: I thought you said you had it booked in so far in advanced no no dumbfounded no because your whole
0: your whole workout
1: routine like I work out a lot, definitely more than average Joe, mm-hmm. and you put me to shame. I think you put pretty much everybody <laughs> in here to shame. I, I wouldn't
0: say that. I no, mean, no, that's,
1: that's eh. a thousand percent true. So, like, you get up in the morning, you do mobility. Oh, we're getting a phone call. We're we're recording live at the gym, and it seems that we're getting a student calling in right now, so.
0: That's totally fine. We okay. can just keep going. Okay. Um, don't worry. Well. I don't I don't know who it is, yeah. but uh we can't answer it because it's not my business. Yeah. Yeah. Only, That's kind of the interesting
1: point. Yeah, but hopefully we don't get to answer calls. the phone. Yeah. I don't something know what like to do. Professor answers the phone or something.
0: Yeah, we're the the message machine's going off, we're totally fine. We can just keep going. It'll be interesting to have that put in, but oh, yeah. Um, that's way over there, so I don't even know if they're gonna hear that. Okay. So where were we? We were talking about <laughs>
1: So my workouts. I asked you about your your daily workout routine because you start off with mobility in the morning. Yes. And then you usually do either a pool workout and a weight workout, and then yeah. you usually do tennis because you're an aspiring potentially professional tennis yeah, player, that's and then mine. you also do jujitsu. Yeah. Which,
0: so that's insane. Yeah. That's- so, <laughs> um, which people don't really put it that way. I don't. I don't like. I don't necessarily because there's it's hard in this world. Um especially with social media and everything to really get a handle on what people accomplish physically and in the fitness world, especially because you'll get, this is a very deep, uh, because this touches on something you were saying earlier, which I signposted in my mind because I wanted to ask you about it too, is that authenticity that Rogan has. And we don't, I guess you were saying you, you don't really see that as much. Mm -hmm. And I guess you can see that at a young age, especially as a teacher, right? Where, um, kids—they want to either act a certain way or they aspire to be something else that's not necessarily their, I guess, authentic self. I'm not sure, but you would see that way more than I do. Well, so if you, like
1: biological adolescence is trying to find your place in your group. Yeah, and I don't—I think of it that way, and I teach middle school, so it's always present in my mind. Yeah. Um, we we're literally chemically hardwired to do that, and. So you, you want to, you, there's like a social structure that we have been optimized to live in and a lot of part of it's help our society and a lot of part of it's our, our, we've kind of outgrown. Um, so that's why you do have little like 12, 13 year old kids. They're trying to find out who they are. Mm. We don't put a huge emphasis on like self discovery and having like a a, a purpose in life and working towards goals. Um, we, we don't really teach that at all and we don't even really talk about it and mm-hmm. i don't think it's something that the adults in our society are super cognizant of so because of that as a result of people not really having a driving force a driving thing that they're going towards living purposefully you're kind of easily like you you like either you either just falling with the people around you or you're yeah. manipulated by something on instagram or something yeah. like that but um yeah everyone is kind of just trying to to fit in yeah and then
0: i think i struggled with that for a long time in it, high school
1: it's because your brain like was trying to get you to feel okay as being yeah. part of your 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 group because that's how evolution yeah made us you know, succeed Because you you safe
0: yeah that uh-huh. a group of people
1: um and i don't think people think of it in terms terms like that um but that's exactly how it is it's mm-hmm. a, that's what that's what adolescence is it's like it's trying to grow up and be part of a, a contributing member of Society a group and, and find
0: your place and-,
1: and at the least not be made an outcast and made fun yeah. of and things like that. Yeah. Um, and yep. Yeah, so, so yeah, we, we just, we don't put a ton of emph- emphasis on it and that's something that's always kind of bugged me and I don't know why. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I think you, you are somebody that tries to be very purposeful in every minute of your day, even mm. when you're like resting yeah. Your your rest is kind of planned out yeah. to be like this is this is this is the type of rest and play that I'm gonna have that's going to let my mind wander and this is the type of rest I'm gonna yeah. have where I'm just gonna let my body rest. Um, yeah,
0: and, there's always a specific yeah I always have an intention. Mm-hmm. I definitely always have an intention. Um, well, because I have very I'm very hardwired or not hardwired. I'm very driven. So like I always have an like like resting right now. My whole mind, like, so in this podcast, what my goal is, is to get in the zone, the discussion zone, and learn from you and have a good discussion and fully be completely present and just find that money zone Mm -hmm. where I can just continue to have the conversation. I'm learning and things are flowing, which I can already, and it's a thing that I'm starting to get aware of, um, where I can see it happen, where I know I'm there, like, I'm in the zone. And I happened, I had it yesterday when I was doing a, um an episode with another friend of mine and that's why that's I enjoy that a lot so like even if I go I don't I don't know like I don't know if I haven't told you this specifically I don't know if you've heard but I'll go and shoot hoops for an hour mm-hmm. and that is solely to work on the technique of shooting hoops even though I don't want to be a basketball player mm-hmm. like I don't want to be a professional basketball player but I want to perfect my technique right and that so i'll i'll go out and practice shooting for like an hour every day and so for what what
1: purpose then just because you want to get better at doing anything and you want to perfect that process or i what? just
0: like basketball so i want to be perfect okay at well there's shooting. That. and yeah. then also it's a it's a i also am thinking at the same time this is a mindful exercise for me mm-hmm. being in the moment and meditation yeah it's like a flow state meditative it, thing yes yeah. and that's so i always am trying to i don't know sometimes i let myself get a little crazy with it where even when I'm driving, I'll be thinking I have to be mindful of driving and focus as hard as possible, being the most perfect driver and stuff like that and how to improve that. So like my mind's always constantly working that way. So as long as you don't drive yourself insane, it's probably not a bad thing. Yeah. Sometimes I can go
1: a little overboard, but back to the free throws. Yeah. So, <laughs> so hold up, hold up. So I remember reading and I think I did a little internet research to confirm this. I have read that the underhand granny shot is actually a better shot. I have no idea. Apparently this is true. And that statistically in college, the the like minority, like the tiny, tiny percentage of players that do the granny shot where you like bring it from between your knees.
0: Yeah. um, During their free throw.
1: As opposed to during the free throw shooting like Mm -hmm. overhand. I read that they're statistically way better. Okay. But it's not done because it's like seen as like a thing to
0: do. It's really satisfying though to... um. I can see where it's extremely satisfying to shoot the other way though. Like not the granny way. The way it like rolls off your fingers. Yeah, the way it rolls off. That is Mm -hmm. that's a satisfying feeling. Mm -hmm. So I find satisfaction in getting that or even in jujitsu where you just get the motion right and you you know it clicks. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, that was perfect. I love it's the same thing in tennis where if the feel is wrong for me, I won't play as well because You, you Um, perseverate on that. Yeah. Like it's feel is a big thing for me is how I, how can I tactically feel the ball coming off the racket? Hmm. Yeah. And then hold on signpost again on that authenticity bit, um, because we were talking about fitness in the Instagram and (laughs) the Instagram, but, uh, that's something that I struggle with because you were saying like my schedule and it's hard to put out there and know what people are actually doing. Cause you look at like a professional athlete and from their Instagram, you would think that every single moment of their entire day. Is focused on that, and it's hard to not because I I don't know any professional athletes like I'm not friends with any yeah so it's hard to think like that's what I'm seeing so you almost have to think that but there's also a part that's saying they'll post they'll save posts and then post them later or something like that oh yeah yeah and they'll tell you they're doing more sets I'm not saying necessarily professional athletes but maybe certain Instagrams will tell you they're doing more sets than they're actually doing or something
1: well there's a couple things one they're they're specifically trying to market, themse- market themselves as that person mm. for a number of reasons. Um, they also, like, you're always comparing, social media is always about comparing everybody's best moments yeah. to, uh, to everybody else's average moment. Yeah. Well, um, and so you can't, you can't, there's no way that, like, I don't think it's physically possible to work, I would say it's actually not physically possible to work out as much as you do. <laughs> so, 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 so I don't think it's physically possible yeah. to work out any more than you do. If so, it's probably with a ton of support. Like you're getting massage therapy, you're getting a yeah. dietitian mm-hmm. who's that you spending their own mental yeah. energy to figure out Mine's your, your, your optimal deficient. Mm-hmm. So which at, which is that is taxing also because yeah. you have to spend time. You have to, you're, you're spending willpower by doing what you said you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You're spending time uh, planning. You're there, and you're you're spending time um, like reacting when something unexpected comes yeah. up, and so you're not just training. You're yeah planning the training there's a whole bunch of stuff going on
0: no so yeah like my so actually like clarify like what my schedule would look like on most days is usually I get up I do some sort of mobility I like getting in the pool when I can um, but if I do like my meditation I'll do mobility I'll roll a little bit and then if I don't do a workout I'm usually here I'm doing this and then I'll go home so after that I record this, I'm going to go work out, and then I will recover at we night. Ju- we
1: just had a jiu-jitsu class roll for 25 minutes at the end, and you're yeah. going to go work out again? Yeah, okay.
0: so I have to lift, actually, today, um, <laughs> which is interesting. And a lot of times I'll do it fasted as well, but today I'm not fasted. Um, but I'll do that, and then maybe I'll go play basketball for like two hours sometimes but i don't know but if people like if people are asking me to do something i'll, I'll go and i'll go and do it like if they're asking me like oh you want to play two hours of basketball i'll be like yeah i got it. i mean i have to so i'll have like a jitsu day where i do an hour and a half jiu jitsu two hours of basketball and then some days i'll have tennis on top of that and then i also have to work out because again like i'm a little bit crazy with uh, that it's like an OCD thing. Well, I haven't missed a gym day in two years. Where mm-hmm. at least I'm in the gym. Maybe day that's what I remember. That you haven't missed a gym day in two years. I haven't missed like that, a yeah. gym day in two years. Yeah, that's so, crazy. and that doesn't necessarily like before people like think that that I'm hardcore lifting every single day. That could be I'm doing yoga in the gym or rolling in the gym. But I'm doing something. I haven't there's hasn't been a day where I haven't done nothing. So I don't take days off basically. But my day off is yoga and rolling and okay. mobility and everything like that. I don't know. <laughs> the
1: the mobility and the yoga, I understand, is active recovery. Yeah. When you say
0: rolling, do you mean foam
1: rolling or jujitsu rolling?
0: <laughs> well, a jujitsu rolling can be a day off for me. That is insane. Like, <laughs> if I came in on a Saturday, which is my day off typically, and I mean, usually I have work and I'll do like grease the groove, so I'm doing... So I'm doing push-ups. Like I'll <laughs> I'll go in the back at work and do push-ups every hour. I'll do yeah. twenty push-ups every single hour, and then I'll also get squats in when I can. And on my breaks, I'll do like a little mini workout when I can.
1: I'm gonna play with Groose the Groove this yeah. upcoming school year. I think every time I walk by a chin-up bar or the chin-up bar in a gym, I think I'm gonna hop on and do five.
0: Yeah, a couple times. So a day. the way that actually works, and I broke it down, and um, I did an episode on it actually. So the active time it takes for those muscles to recover is it's around 15 to 20 minutes. So what you would want to do is do half of your full set. Mm-hmm. Like do uh, – so say you could do 20 push-ups. The idea would be – this is in Tim Ferriss's book um, and some a big workout. I forget his name. I think it's Pavel something. I think it's a Russian guy who broke it down. Yes. But you, what you do is you um, – the way that the muscle processes things, it takes fif- at least 15, 20 minutes for that to recover if you do half the set of your max so, you would, if you wanted to improve solely in pull-ups, say your max is 10 perfect pull-ups, you would do five. And you would do that, like, theoretically every 20 minutes. I don't know how crazy that is because I haven't done that. That sounds bananas to me. Yeah. So, what I do is I do it on the hour. Yeah. But I'll do that. Grease the groove. I love grease the groove because that's, like, that's active. And it's if you're doing, like, 20 push-ups every hour, you start to feel it, essentially, because if you're doing it, at, like, on the dot, you know, not skimping on it. So. When you say feel it, do you mean feel the
1: results or feel
0: like muscular tired what do you mean feel it you can feel both like you don't necessarily feel extremely tired but you'll feel like my push-ups will get just better they just like the next day even i notice that sure greasing that and improving that specifically uh like because every morning i wake up and immediately the first thing i do is i do 15 to 20 push-ups and so because i've I've gone into this before is because I don't want to reward myself without having done any bit of work. And so the I way gotcha. I look is the, the whole entire day for me is reward. The fact that I can wake up and do anything is reward. So I have to kind of punish myself by doing some push ups to then reward myself for the rest of the day's work. Mm. So it's a little, it's a little, <laughs> it's intense. <Very> so intense. <laughs> I uh, So like, it's the whole like Arnold thing. So that's, that's Arnold. His dad used to make him do ups for eight. So mm. that's, um, I don't know. You, <laughs> But it's hard then finding that, I guess, balance of where you have to you have to give yourself some slack. So I'm Absolutely. still learning that. So maybe in someday in the future I'll take a day off, but I don't know what that would look like. That would make me feel uncomfortable, I think. I don't know. I'm not sure.
1: I used to be very regimented also. I probably didn't miss – I'm not going to say I missed no workouts over a couple of years, but mm-hmm. – I might have only missed like two or three a year. I was very serious about it. Um, I, this is when I was doing rugby and weightlifting really seriously. And I didn't know you did rugby. I, oh, you didn't? Know I did rugby. No, I played rugby for ten years. That was like my first big thing. Um, mm. oh, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, but um, the I remember thinking weightlifting like I was in on like Christmas morning or something, and I was thinking like, man, I guess I'm just going to lift weights for the rest of my life every single day. Yeah. Cause it's just like, I get up and I just, it's just part of my day. And then all of a sudden I just kind of fell out of love with it. And now yeah. I only lift one day a week. So perhaps your mindset will change in the future yeah. too. I bet getting a little bit
0: older. I haven't been lifting as much. Mm-hmm. I'll but be, I've been doing a lot of like kettlebell stuff, Yeah, which is, I don't, I don't know. Like I'll do like super active explosive kettlebell workouts that are short, but they're tiring. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, so like I might go home and some, some of my workouts are only like 10, 15 minutes, but yeah. like that I don't stop those 10, 15 minutes, you know, like I go mm-hmm. the whole time and I don't stop, which I kind of like that too.
1: Yeah. And then I time was efficient. Yeah.
0: And then I was talking about the pod. So this will come out a little bit later, but where I was when I was recording this episode with you is, um, I actually started doing just like basically isometric, like, uh, isolating muscles and doing like, bodybuilder lifts, like, just doing, like, negative sets, basically, where you just go from the highest you can do, and then you keep going down from there. Well, you mentioned
1: Arnold a moment ago, yeah, and maybe, I don't know if you've mentioned on here how, like, you're you're complete, like... Oh, I haven't. You are obsessed with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, 1st I'm wearing a shirt right now. I was going to say, the first 10 times I hung out with you, you were wearing one of two or three Arnold shirts that you have?
0: I own five. (sighs) I own a Gold's Gym shirt, two Gold's Gym tanks, and then... Yeah, so he's my hero, and I met him.
1: And he is, of course, revered as like one of the original gods of
0: bodybuilding yeah. back in the 70s when everybody, oh, was, when everybody was on steroids. and yeah. Well, I
1: guess when everybody
0: was first getting on steroids. Yeah. So he's a, uh, well, my dad, that starts with my dad, actually. So my dad was obsessed with uh, getting bigger and lifting, and he just picked up, I guess, an Arnold Schwarzenegger book or something, started walking, and that's when my dad started lifting all the time. And then when I started getting into, like, lifting and improving in fitness, it was just, like, picking up the torch where my dad left off, basically. So I watch I watch pumping iron every single day. Yeah, Ugh. That's, like, one of those things. I haven't mentioned that before. So I've watched it probably over, so two years at least, I've watched it over 700
1: times. You just put it in the background while you're doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's one yeah. of
0: those things where I know every line now. I don't watch the whole thing. Like, if I do a short 15-minute workout, but I've seen it every single day, basically, for – Two years. I mean, it's my—it's the only movie that ever needed to be created. My ah, gosh, but,
1: it is a great movie. Yeah, I've no, seen it a couple times. Yeah, no,
0: it's just—I don't know. It's like one of those things. Like when the music comes on, dun 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 dun. dun that dude, I just—I just get ready to lift. No, like, I'm like, man, I'm so ready to just move heavy weights.
1: You should do an episode of the podcast that's kind of like a like a watch along. A watch-along?
0: Yeah, where, like, you just make comment, like, you do, like, a, like a kind of, like, a commentation, commentary yeah.
1: track just on Pumping Iron, if you know it that
0: well. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can do, like, all his lines, like, I know all his lines and everything, and uh, <laughs> we went to Gold's Gym, uh, this was, that was incredible, it was so bananas, it was when we went out to Venice Beach, and we were on California, we started in Northern California at Point Reyes, which, you like camping, by the way. Yes. And... Hold on. So we're going to touch on the camping too. And I want to signpost that rugby business. So after this, we're going to hit rugby because I didn't know you did that. And, but so we started in Point Reyes, which is north. So if you want to go camping, you go out to California. Point Reyes is beautiful. You're like a hundred yards from the beach. There's whales out there, and it's there's almost nobody there. Point Reyes, okay. Point Reyes. It's R E Y E S. Okay. And it's it's beautiful out there, hmm. and it's like secluded, and it's not that far. Away. So there's a couple parking spots where it's only like a mile or two walking, and all of a sudden there's nobody there. And this is right near Gold Gym. This California? is no, this oh. is uh, in Northern California. So Gold Gym is in, okay. in, in 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 LA, and so. It's uh, like we did that. We're going to, we have to go there again. It's, it's, it's beautiful there. And, um, there's like this big tree and everything. So we are on this, uh, we're on this California trip. We drove all the way down the coast and we get to Venice and we got like an Airbnb there and we got up and the first thing, so we got in at like midnight or something or like nine or nine to midnight. I forgot the exact time, but it was, it was dark. And so we get to our Airbnb and then we wake up and we're like, okay, what are we going to do today? Well, I mean, Gold's Gym, the original Gold's Gym is a 15 minute walk. So the first thing we did was like walk to the original Gold's Gym and that was like, that's the Mecca, you know? So we were standing out there and I did a couple lines for everybody. So like I did a little, uh, like doing lines from the movie. My yeah, dad thank was you for clarifying me, that. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> my dad, he was, my dad always asked me to do the lines cause I love, I love imitating the just cuz it's like a th- it's a funny thing that we do so my dad will say it or I'll say it sure yeah it, like we'll joke around about Lou Ferrigno or something <laughs> Well, we always skip Mike Katz and Ken Waller so that's the only part of the movie I don't know is um oh I don't even remember them So it's about 14 minutes in. Okay. So I think it's like 1428 or something like that. Someone can check me on that. If depending on what you're watching on Blu-ray or the original one. So about 14 minutes in, I know how long my workouts are because at that point I skip immediately. So that's an interesting side effect of watching the same thing every day. You know, exactly,
1: you know, exactly when you where you are in your workout, how much more time is left. Yeah. Interesting.
0: I know for a fact that it's like, I'm 90% sure it's 14 minutes, but you it's Mike cat's part comes on and there's like this carnival music because they're at this. So this was, they filmed all of these, I believe Um, this was part of the pre um, whatever it is, the pilot or like whatever they use to advertise it to, investors i guess before they made the full documentary yeah so i think it's part of that because it's very similar scenery and there's a there's a part later in the film where Franco's blowing up the hot air balloon which is like 200 pounds of pressure or something like that where they're talking about it and it's at like i think the same stage so i i have to look it up but i mean i've seen the stage like 700 (laughs) times so there's a mike katz is on and then it goes and it does their storyline they're the amateurs because they're doing the I do remember. Okay, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, they're doing that. So I always skip that part, and it's that scene, and it skips to Mike Cat. So there's Mike Cats, and then the very next scene, he's playing with his daughter, and he's like, "Don't jump on me now," and stuff like that. And he's kind of he's kind of funny, and then if you skip once, so it's two skips, and then. You get Ken Waller throwing the football around where he's making fun of Mike Katz, and then the next skip, and it goes right to Arnold. So yeah. it's the next scene is right at Arnold and he's posing
1: Well, the, and that, that Mike
0: Katz guy and the other dude, they're just
1: regular dudes. They're not Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's this yeah. he's like a character. Yeah. He's he's like not even real. Yeah. So everything he says is quotable pretty much. Yeah.
0: So I was just, like, I know for a fact and then I think it's at like twenty-five minutes is when Arnold starts. So I skip <coughs> skip and then it's Arnold. And it's that I know it's Arnold because I don't even have to look. It's chapter six. Five or six, and you just hear the clicks because he's doing like a photo shoot. So I don't know. I, I just, I love that. It's like my favorite. It's my favorite movie. So, and we went to the original Gold's Gym. It's closed down now, or nobody's in there or whatever. Cause I guess the original owner, he's, I mean, he's not alive anymore. And it's, uh, there's no like actual letters there, but, um, like I guess all of the, like the weather over time has like left the outline so it says gold's gym ah that's pretty cool like my whole family was there my dad and i took pictures there because my dad always wanted to go there and then the new one so the new gold's gym which is like five times the size of the original one is five minutes down the road walking and you went there yeah and then we went there and well it was we got pretty lucky so we were there and i worked out there which was like the best pump I ever got was working out there. I'm still, I still stand by that. And while we were there, it was cool and it was working out. I was like, man, this is awesome. And suppose like we were kind of talking to some people and like Arnold works out there every day. Like he gets there five or six in the morning and just works out every day. So we were following him on Snapchat though. We knew he wasn't in town. And so we were in Venice for two or three days and it was the last day and we were went to gold's gym in the morning we we're like maybe he will be there like well, maybe he came back and we'll be lucky and he came back and my family left like my dad left and he missed him by like 10 minutes and like i saw him walking around the gym and i was like oh my gosh i was like this is insane like i was like five steps away from him and i was like dad you missed him and like did no. you speak to him no well he, he was working out so, okay like, i did not wanna like that's like i already knew like
1: I would respect not like, to yeah, like, respect you. Yeah, like respect. I wouldn't want to
0: walk up to him while he's working out. But I was like, why, "Why did you guys leave? Like, he was in here. He was in here." And then we were by for some reason. Like, I was just trying to convince my. I was like, "Dad, it's worth it. Let's just stay an extra night." And on the off chance that you would bump into Arnold Schwarzenegger again, the next morning. Yeah, the next morning. Like, maybe and you did this. There. And so we were like, my dad knows someone who has a house on Billionaires Beach, and because my dad's a vet, and so. I think one of the clients has a has a house there. So we he was like they just let us check out the uh, let us walk on the beach or whatever, which was pretty cool. And we were there all day and we had to drive. We we're going to the Grand Canyon eventually, so we had to drive a lot. And it just eventually got to the point where it was like, man, I guess we'll just get an Airbnb and stay another night. And we ended up staying. Then we ran into him the next morning and he was there. It was pretty funny. But my brother and dad also worked out. Good. So but the way that worked out was funny because they would just kind of Wait until you get off the machine, and they just did all the machines he did. Following Arnold around, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> and my, but my dad, I missed this because I was working out, just soaking up his sweat. Yeah, so <laughs> just getting all of like all the testosterone, and um, it was pretty funny. He walked by my dad and my brother, and they, we were all wearing the same shirt. We're all wearing the same tank. Come with me when I left. He goes, "Nice shirts, guys." Ah. And my dad was. He came out. And he was like, he spoke to us. Like he said, you nice shirts. "Die happy now." Yeah, and then we got a picture with out, them af- outside, which was like. He's huge. Like it's crazy. So that was like the best I'll never forget that day. That was man, that was incredible. Just I don't know cuz it's like your hero, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean,
1: he's like a like an American like mythical Figure. I know. Like, There's like I don't think there's anybody that's ever been like him that probably won't ever again. He was the governor of California. Yeah, I know. He's the governor of California He's an action. It's crazy. It's when it's you when you, like, when you star. like when you like list all the stuff that he did and and uh, much of what we or like I guess not you but most people know him for is the post bodybuilding stuff. Yeah, and he in bodybuilding he accomplished a ton. Mm-hmm. So he was like a, he was a star in that even before he was in his first movie and then he became one of the biggest action stars in the world. I guess the closest thing would be The Rock, and we'll see where it's t- 2018 right now. We'll see if we don't if we don't have President Dwayne Johnson in four, yeah. in four <laughs> years. <laughs> that would be funky. We'll see what happens. He's but he's
0: got like the crowds around him are crazy. Like if you look at it on YouTube, people are bananas for him. And then he's, he's actually fine. in Raw Iron, which is if on the Pumping Iron discs, there's an extra. He's actually in there. He makes like a a small cameo. Really? Yeah, where they're interviewing him where they where they they got like little quotes from him uh, like a bunch of actors. And um there's the guy who played Creed or not Creed uh, who played Apollo Creed, right? Yeah. In, uh, yeah, uh, he played Apollo Creed,
1: that guy. He's the soup guy from Arrested development. What is his yeah, name?
0: I forget his name. Um I don't know his name. All I know is that there's that one movie where he's in with Arnold and uh Predator, like, I think? Yeah, Predator. And then um so he's in it, and then Dwayne's in it, and he goes, uh, he like says one of the lines, like "Get out!" Like, get, like it, that. He said that was like one of his favorite lines, and that helped him want to become an actor or whatever. So it's actually funny he's in that Raw Iron. But, yeah, the connection right there. Yeah, I think. I mean, anybody that grew up watching wrestling,
1: it was he like I think any so anybody in my age bracket and watched The Rock as a wrestler, like he's he's attached to your childhood. So there's a nostalgic point there. Mm-hmm. He's become one of the biggest action stars in the world. I don't think any he's ever said a negative word. And there's like he's the kind of person that you like look up to because he's he's like up working out while you're sleeping. Like yeah, like a, some kind of soft person. So there's like so many things about him. So he's kind of he's checking a lot of the boxes that Arnold did. Yeah, maybe he will also.
0: Become, we'll see. Yeah, that would be crazy. Um, I know I was never I'm I'm a fan of him, but I don't have the same like I don't hold him as the same heroic set. I just I, don't know him as well. Yeah, you know? I know that he's. A hard worker and i love i watch i mean i have i follow him on instagram Mm -hmm. so i see when he's like in the gym doing squats and never skips leg day and stuff like that (laughs) and he's up at four like five in the morning lifting yeah and so but again like my hero's arnold so Mm -hmm. i already have that you can't replace there's nothing that could replace that so that was i mean a huge thing for me and then so hold on you so you played rugby and is that why you started lifting um, Since we're talking about Arnold and lifting, because you said that's when you started. Lifting. I don't know why I started lifting.
1: I just knew, like, there. it's weird how I just, like, pick stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm going to do that within yeah. a couple of years, and then I just started doing it. Like, that's how it was with jujitsu. I just was like, I'm a fan of the UFC. This is a sport that I can do that I won't get concussions doing. So I'm just going to do it in a couple of years, and I just started. Yeah. And and so when other people can't do that, it actually, like, I. it's like something that doesn't translate for me because I had a bunch of people we started jujitsu doing yeah. with, and they all quit. Yeah. And I was I like remember being really like disappointed cuz I was like, oh man, these is going to be like my class of people that I joined up with and now yeah. most of them have quit. Mm-hmm. Um is only so, Barry left? Uh, Ryan started Ryan switched gym so there's Ryan. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's it's de- like the ones that I'm thinking of they're 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 not here and there's there's a couple of them so it's definitely that like fewer people stick with some stick with it than mm-hmm. stay with it. Well, you are the
0: first purple belt from White Belt under Professor. Right? Yeah, everybody
1: yeah, everybody, everybody else cool. that's been promoted has come from another gym with some experience, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah. So I just decided like one day I'm going to start lifting weights. <laughs> and then yeah. I started doing it because like I I look at it because the way I look at things is what am I going to get out of this? Is it worth the time investment? Um and doing what like lifting weights, it was easy when you were in college. Um girls liked it, which was yeah. cool too. That was a big yeah. part of it. <laughs> and I don't know. It was it was it was just a fun way to, to keep in shape. I got too big though. I'm five eight and a half, five nine yeah. and I got to like two hundred and thirty pounds. I was oh, I was a meatball and I was pretty like I, I was thick but that's why that's when i came to jujitsu. i think i was 200 200- i did realize you were so i was big. huge my yeah. arms were huge which was cool yeah. um <laughs> now now i'm like hovering between 185 and 190 so i started doing jiu-jitsu and i wasn't able to maintain lifting weights like a bodybuilder and still do jujitsu because the oxygen requirement is there's so it's much immense. there's so much of a demand and you're and so there's a demand because there's you have you have way more muscle you're like slabbed up with muscle yeah. but then also the the way that you lift weights and the oxygen transport there it isn't the same as the cardio yeah. that you need in here totally different mm-hmm. um, so I had to, I stopped lifting weights and started doing way more kettlebells body weight type stuff and I dropped like so I guess I'm at like 40 some pounds now now um, it's been over three years three and a half years doing that and it felt like nothing yeah. and I feel like I'm actually way stronger
0: (laughs) than I was even at my heaviest. So there's like a, there's a the mind pump guys talk about this or no, hold on. I think Ben talked about this a little bit is that when you're lifting that much, you're causing a lot of inflammation. So a lot of that, um, it's a sarcoplasmic fluid, I believe can build up in there and that can contribute to some of that size, like that distendedness. If if that is because not it's because fluid.
1: it's in, inflammatory fluid makes you look big. Is that what you're saying? No.
0: So you're actually big. Yeah. But the uh, the muscle fibers aren't as dense because you're lifting all the time. I believe this is not. Uh, again, this is something that I've heard. So I always do this on the podcast. This is something that I've heard from a podcast that was like maybe six months ago. Sure. Yeah. And I got gotcha. you. Recalling it from my memory. Well, if anybody goes and... in fact checks put, it. Yeah. Well, um, anybody goes. I and think i in an academic yeah, paper. So know. there's um i'm not saying like bodybuilders are stronger than i am but there is uh i think there's something to be said for that if you solely do those big lifts all the time that you're causing some sort of inflammation a lot of it it's not as muscular dense so a lot of it's just inflammation fluid that builds up and then over time it just george st pierre talked about a little bit in the rogan podcast Mm -hmm. where he was eating all the time and he was just trying to get bigger yeah and then um like his muscles were bigger but he might have just been inflamed a lot and just holding a, retaining a lot of water weight and like a lot of that fluid.
1: I definitely felt worse mm. when I was bigger. I feel better now just joint-wise. Oh, um, sure. and after especially after my first year of jiu-jitsu when I actually could begin to defend myself, <laughs> I wasn't just getting crushed all the time. Uh, but I believe that inflammation seems to be the root of a lot of a lot of issues. Which is hard
0: for me to imagine cuz you crush me all the time. <laughs>
1: It's jujitsu is unique in that it's simply, or one of the ma- one of the main factors is if you are more experienced, you're probably going to beat somebody that has less experience. There's other factors that come into play, like mm-hmm. if you somebody is way stronger than me, then I might be able to just fend them off, but I won't be able to beat them. Like Jim. And, well, yeah, yeah, but no, Jim. Jim's at the point now. We have a friend, Jim, um, who is very big. And, He's going to be on the podcast, okay. yeah, after you. So, and in the beginning, like, could fend him off, and now that he knows technique, it is much more difficult. But, but basically, like, the more experienced person is going to beat the less experienced per- person, unless there is a significant athletic ability or strength yeah. or flexibility or something like that mm. that's one of the things that makes jujitsu so unique is technique matters so much and yeah. i know you talked about this with jason and he's got way more of a like he's got way more credibility being a black belt and all but mm-hmm. it's definitely apparent yeah uh, it's also really hard which is fun yeah yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. the difficulty in it is definitely a compounds the reward Mm-hmm. When you which is something that I definitely strive for. The more difficult it is, the more I love it. So, yeah.
1: I'm yeah. of that mind too, which is interesting because it contrasts my love of laziness. Yeah. Also.
0: <laughs> no, yeah. for sure. And then because you gotta work hard at it for sure. And then
1: Yeah. And the and it's it's unlike everything else in other martial arts, other forms of training, because if you don't if you like don't try hard, there's no hiding. You can't hide because if you can hide in weightlifting, or you can hide yeah. in your cardio workout or your kettlebell workout, because you can just not do it as hard. If you don't, if you do that in jujitsu, you're just going to get beat by somebody that doesn't deserve to beat you, or beat far worse than somebody that would have yeah. already beat you, and it's going to result in pain for you. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't, you can't hide.
0: Mm-hmm. Another way I'd, uh, th- I think we've talked about this a little bit before, is that certain esports it's the same way because uh, the skill skill level is so high. For certain games, I this I know this is random, but we've we've just um, Chris and I have had many discussions over over the the year and a half that we've been hanging out. So this is we've talked about this briefly one time. Is that if someone is like my favorite example is I love Super Smash Brothers Melee or something like Counter Strike, where that the skill level is someone that is better than you, they will beat you because they just yeah, it's really hard to compensate for that gap in skill mm-hmm. because they can just do more and they can do it faster and they can do it better. Yeah, they, 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 yeah
1: the economy of their actions yields so much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's more
0: purpose in all mm-hmm. the movements and whatever they do.
1: The only esport that I really know anything about that I loosely follow is Overwatch. And it's you, you see videos on of the people that are like considered the best whatever character in the world and they'll just beep like one on five. And it's just because they, they do have that skill set. Yeah. And that knowledge that they have is just crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: all right thank you everybody so much for tuning in today um i had so much fun doing this part one well the whole podcast but thank you so much for tuning in part one and if you guys loved it part two is coming out next week and then the week after that will be part three thank you so much guys and have a good day have a good rest of the week kill it bye